Hello everyone, welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I'm happy that you are listening and thank you for tuning in. If you have not yet, make sure to go leave a review and give five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would really, really help the pod. So I appreciate everyone who has done that. Um, Okay, first, before we get into this week's episode, I wanna give a little bit of an update because I feel like so much has happened in the last week. I turned 26 last or actually two days ago I turned 26 it was the day before the podcast was gonna go up I had it all prepared but then you know I just wanted to take a relaxing weekend have fun there was so much going on that I just felt like having a very lazy relaxing weekend I spent the the day playing games you know just hanging out with the family and watching Christmas movies very very fun Now, I was gonna do like a recap of things that I've learned this year, like being 25, turning 26, but I figured that I would just combine that kind of in my like, what has happened this year that I'm gonna do at the end of the year. So um, the last episode of the year is going to be a recap of 2021, all the highs and lows of everything that has gone on this year my current status, my New Year's resolutions, things I want to improve in my life, things I want to um, continue doing well. So all of that will be in the episode in two weeks. Um, So that's why I'm not doing like a little birthday recap of the year because that's going to come in Christmas and my birthday is very close to Christmas. So just know that this uh, podcast is going up a day late because I had a lot of fun on my birthday, had a very relaxing and fun weekend. And so we are back at it with the podcast now we are already prepped for our bible episode on thursday and then the next week's so both of those will be going up um hopefully on time which i'm very excited about um i finally feel like ahead on at least my bible reading and part of that is because too this is a tangent but i really i mean i love the new testament i just read through Matthew. I read through the book of Matthew in one day because I was on such a roll and like enjoying myself so much reading it. And it's just great. That that episode is going to be really, really good. So if you um, haven't tuned into my Bible episodes on Thursday, I would highly recommend starting because we are in the New Testament. We're going over all the things that Jesus said and did and all of like Paul's lessons about what Jesus said and did. So we are getting into some very good meaty stuff in the Bible episodes. But today we'll just go over what we are going to learn about. So if you're new to the podcast, I do a Bible episode on Thursday, as I mentioned. And then on Mondays, I choose a topic that I don't know enough about or I've been curious about. I learn about it and then I share it. So today's is about essential oils. Now, this one might be controversial because people are very very in one camp when it comes to essential oils i don't know why it's so controversial but it seems to be very very popular with like um like homeschool moms and like all of these sort of quote-unquote crunchy moms that i have um seen they call themselves crunchy moms i'm not just being mean there's this whole movement of moms that call themselves crunchy which is basically like you're not super granola you're not like completely hippie but you're like a little bit that way a lot of them tend to be like christian homeschool moms that um also enjoy things like sustainability and um doing things more naturally so it's kind of a mix of being a little bit of a hippie and being like Christian. I don't know. I find myself kind of, the more I read about that whole camp being um, 
pretty similar on a lot of views. So that's why I was so interested in essential oils because I follow a lot of people on Instagram and YouTube, all these moms who are, they swear by essential oils. They like, they love them. They think they have all these amazing properties and, and can do things and help heal the body. And so I have been curious about this for quite a long time. So I decided to finally sit down and research. So this is all the research that I found on essential oils. Enjoy. Okay, so I always like to start off with what I thought about something uh, before I started researching or what I what I currently knew about them before the episode. So I wrote down a few of my thoughts before I started researching. And this is what I had, that I know that people claim that they have amazing benefits. So many people put them in diffusers and say, okay, this is what I do for headaches. This is the blend I use. I put it on my temples or I diffuse this in the room. And this one helps me sleep. This one helps me with headaches. This one helps me with anxiety. Um, all of that sort of thing. So I've seen so many people talk about how like they use very specific blends or very specific oils for specific purposes or ailments. Um, I knew that they were like oils extracted from things from like whole foods, essentially. So lavender, it's just um, the oil that's squeezed out of lavender plants and oranges. So it's not like I didn't think it was usually like a mix of things. I just thought it was just the oil that's like squeezed out of one food or plant. Um, I also know a whole, you know, I guess a lot of the people that I follow that do oils eventually get into selling them with some sort of company. Most of the people that I've seen that are selling them sell them through Young Living which is an essential oil company. They've branched out into some other products like I think deodorants and stuff, but it's all centralized around essential oils. Um, and I also knew that they're very good for fragrances, which is kind of how I've just used them sporadically. There's a place in Michigan that we go to a lot that's an oil shop and I tend to get like a tuberose or gardenia one and then just diffuse that sometimes just for the smell. Um, or put it on as just a perfume. So I've never used it for like any medical benefits, but I do enjoy the smell of some of them. And I think it can just be nice to have your house smell good instead of candles. I figured there was like less chem less uh, yeah chemicals that were bad for you um, with essential oils as opposed to candles. So that's kind of why I've used them before. I don't use them a ton, but I do have a diffuser that I enjoy. So, um, so yeah, that's what I knew about it before. So here is what my research actually said about all of this. So essential oils are, like I thought, are obtained through mechanical pressing or distillation. They are concentrated plant extracts that retain the natural smell and flavor of the source. So it's similar to what I was thinking before, which is like lavender oil is just a way of getting this oil out of lavender. You can press it or distill it, but you know there's multiple ways to extract the oil, but it is pure oil from 
a plant. Now that does not mean that every single oil that's on the market is pure, but the definition of an essential oil is just an oil that has the essence of the plant that it came from. So you obviously want pure ones, but some people on the market will tamper with them and make them not pure. Okay, there is evidence that shows that lavender and tea tree oil may act as endocrine disrupting chemicals, which are compounds that mimic or oppose the actions of some hormones produced in the body. And then some research has also said to have found a link between oils and male gynecomastia, which is like males developing breast tissue. So it's safe to say that not all essential oils can necessarily be grouped into the same thing. It really depends on what plant it's coming from because there's these very specific oils that can do one thing or have a certain side effect or you can be allergic to or something like that. So your body can react to different essential oils in a very, very different way, which does make sense, especially even if the people who are like fully on board in the camp of essential oils, if they're saying that they are used or they use different oils for different ailments, then it's natural to think that yes, these oils can interact with your body in different ways, you know, depending on what plant they come from. So there are a few studies that show some possible negative side effects of certain specific oils, but there's also a lot of claims, again, that they help in a lot of health situations. So um, let's see, how are essentials, essential, <clears throat> whoa, how are essential oils made or used? So we'll get into the benefits and the side effects later, but um, let's go through how they are made. So there's either, they're either made through steaming a plant or water distillation. Um, and so the oil will like drip off as they're distilled, or you can cold press it like we were saying. Usually only one drop or maybe a couple drops is put into a carrier oil and that's what's sold. So it's not usually like the full strength essential oils. Most of the time, because they can cause like rashes or not be great for your skin if it's that pure. So there's this carrier oil, which is like a neutral oil that is actually put into the bottle. And then just a couple drops of the um, actual essential oil is put in. This is what one source said. It says essential oils are al almost always blended into carrier oil, which is a base oil. A typical blend contains 3% of essential oil, which means three drops of essential oil to each five milliliters, which is about a teaspoon of base oil. A milder blend is recommended for pregnant women, children, and for very sensitive skin. 1% blend means one drop into five milliliters of carrier oil. So again, like pure essential oils are too strong for your skin and for fragrance and stuff. So they're diluted most of the time with this carrier oil. Um, you can also get oils by using chemical processes on plants. So if you treat them with chemicals, you can get oil out, but those are not considered true essential oils because they're not used by this. I mean, they're not uh, extracted using kind of a natural process. There's chemicals involved and at that point most people will not consider that a true essential oil. So they're used in aromatherapy a lot, which is smelling like you inhale them. So people diffuse them with water. They're not meant to be swallowed. Some people say like, oh, I had a bad reaction to essential oils because I swallowed it and you're definitely not supposed to swallow it. So if you're trying to get into oils, do not do that. Um, 
Okay, so aromatherapy works by stimulating the areas of your limbic system, which helps control emotions, behaviors, memory, etc. It's also said to control things like breathing. Well, your limbic system controls things like breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure. So the theory is that aromatherapy helps, like let's say you have high blood pressure. If you do aromatherapy and you inhale these essential oils, some types of essential oils can help you like control your blood pressure and heart rate and things like that. Now, there are mixed reviews on aromatherapy. A lot of times people say that aromatherapy helps with anxiety. However, your smell is very, very closely related to things like memory. So if you, let's say, are relaxing and you smell lavender and like the smell of lavender is really tied with a good memory or relaxation, then you can have a dip in your anxiety. It's not necessarily because of the lavender. It might be because you have like good memories associated with a certain smell. So it's really hard to pinpoint like lavender as an aromatherapy. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? As like a scent that helps because of aromatherapy. Okay, so what are the benefits? Each oil has its own reported health benefits, but there are not honestly a lot of studies that I found, but these are the supposed benefits of the popular scents that I found. So peppermint is used to boost energy and aid digestion. Lavender is said to relieve stress. Sandalwood is used to calm nerves and help you focus. Um, rose is improved, is to, Ugh, is used to improve mood and reduce anxiety. Chamomile, improve mood and relaxation. Tea tree oil is used to fight infections and boost immunity, which those ones are kind of interesting because there's a few that are considered like antibacterial or antiviral. So um, those ones are more controversial because it's not just like, oh, my headache got better. I feel less anxious. It's like you can prevent yourself from getting sick because of these things. Um, jasmine is used to help in childbirth and to help with depression. And then lemon is one that a lot of people clean with, and that's said to help digestion, headaches, and your mood. So my question when I was researching this was, are these benefits overstated? Because from everything that I read, it was like, there's not a lot of studies on this. We don't have enough studies or the studies like I was saying with the lavender is like it's too complicated there's too many variables to really be able to pinpoint that lavender is what's doing this so um here's what I found about like if the benefits are provable which you know if it's if something's working for you I it doesn't matter like sometimes I think that these studies are either like bad studies or not conclusive enough or whatever. They're not done correctly in a lot of ways, I think. If something, if you diffuse lavender every day and you don't have anxiety and when you don't diffuse lavender, you do, and it seems to be working, like that makes sense to keep doing it. But these studies seem inconclusive. So this is what it says. Lots of studies are inconclusive about the benefits, especially related to anxiety. The smell element makes it hard to conduct blinded studies that rule out any bias. So like I was saying, people have a lot of bias with regards to smell and their memories, and so it's hard to not have a biased study. Now, um, there is a remedy of peppermint and lavender oil, and then there's another Persian remedy, like a classic Persian remedy for uh, 
migraines and headaches, the Persian remedy is chamomile and sesame oil mixed together. Most studies show that lavender oil has helped with quality of sleep. There are some promising studies with that migraine treatment, um, but overall not enough studies have been done on humans to be conclusive about a lot of things, inflammation, anxiety, headaches. Um, test tube studies with peppermint and tea tree oil have suggested that they could treat bacterial infections, which is really interesting. So again, they haven't done any on like human beings, you know, diffusing tea tree oil or, or anything like that. Um, but the ones that are just where they put like bacterial infections in a test tube and then put tea tree oil in there, um, those seem to have very promising results with bacterial infections. So that could actually be really, really good, even past just like superficial ailments like um, like lack of sleep or, or anxiety or headaches or something like that, inflammation. Those ones aren't very conclusive, but the bacterial infections seem to be more promising. So some side effects have been reported. I kind of mentioned these, but rashes, um, headaches, allergic reactions, and asthma attacks. The asthma attacks thing is usually why I try to avoid like any fragrance because having like fragrance candles and stuff never, I feel like, does good things for a person with asthma or allergies. Although I feel like a lot of that is probably chemicals, but if you're allergic to one of the ingredients of the essential oils, you're definitely not going to want to diffuse that in your house. That's kind of obvious. Um, and rashes can occur if you put too strong of an essential oil on your skin, if you have sensitive skin. So there's a few other like more minor side effects. Um, citrus oils can increase your reaction to sunlight. So if you, I guess, rub that on your skin and then go outside, it can cause some burns. And then pregnant and breastfeeding women are generally told to avoid um, any essential oils or do a very, very diluted essential, diluted essential oil mix, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier. But I have been thinking about this for a while because, you know, my sister-in-law is pregnant and so there's some things that she can and can't have like to eat or ingest. And it honestly, for 90% of the things that she's not really allowed to have pregnant or things that she should avoid, I feel like it, that's just good to do for people who aren't pregnant also. Like, you're not allowed to drink. Drinking is probably not good for you. You're not allowed to have deli meat, but it's because of the um, listeria, I think it's called, that can be on deli meat. And so you can have it, but just you have to microwave it you know, listeria is probably not great to get, even not pregnant. So if something's recommended for pregnant women or, or recommended for pregnant women not to have, I feel like it might not be good to do anyway. That might be a very simplified approach. But things like, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm not allowed to eat swordfish. Well, I was looking at the omega-3 versus the mercury content of things like swordfish, and I saw how much mer mercury it has. And I'm like, I don't think I want mercury anyway. So should I be eating swordfish even if I'm not pregnant? Probably not. So it is not recommended for pregnant women. And so I feel like that might be a good clue to like not ingest these even if you're not pregnant. I don't know. So my conclusion is that for the health benefits, they seem to be fine. They seem to be okay. I'm not going to spend an arm and a leg to go like join an MLM and try to sell them and be like, 
on the chair of the board of, of one of these Young Living MLMs. More research, more research definitely needs to be done, I think, so we can get some very a lot more conclusive evidence about the benefits of them versus the side effects. I don't really think there's that many side effects as long as you don't have like terrible asthma and you don't use one that you're allergic to and don't ingest it. I mean, that can make you usually avoid like a lot of the side effects, it sounds like. So I don't think it's doing a ton of harm to use them. Uh, But there are some potentially negative side effects that again need to be researched more like the gynecomastia in um, like prepubescent boys, I think it is. Um, but overall, I'm not opposed, but I'm not that excited about them. I really thought when I got into researching this, it would be like, I would find all these amazing benefits and I would really like want to get into it. And I was ready. I was ready to be, to go convince my husband to be like, okay, we need to buy all of the essential oils and diffuse them. I was really prepared, but I didn't really find anything that convincing on why I need to start doing this. It seems like good for cleaning, good for um, making your house smell really good. And that's about where I think it stops. I don't think I'm going to be using them for headaches. Um, so I'm kind of neutral, honestly. Like. The one thing that I do think might be good is I've heard and I read that lemon is really good for cleaning because it is supposed to be anti, not antiviral, but antibacterial. So it can clean surfaces really well. A lot of people do that. Plus it has a very fresh scent. I don't like the chemicals that are in all these cleaners. I was cleaning the bathroom the other day and I was just like choking on 409, like the scent of 409. I was like, this cannot be good for you to be cleaning with this amount of chemicals. So that's where I might actually switch over is doing essential oils for cleaning because I don't like ingesting all of those chemicals. So Um, That one and then tea tree oil for sickness, like the antibacterial, if they do more studies on that, that might be a really good option to do. But all the other ones, I think I'm just going to let be diffusing scents and that's about it. Now, the one other thing I did want to mention about this is the companies. So I mentioned Young Living before. It's a MLM. That's probably, I don't think that's what they actually call themselves, obviously, because MLM now has such a a bad reputation, but it is technically an MLM where you buy into the company and then eventually you have people under you that are selling the product and you get a cut of their sales. And for like four quote generations of this MLM, you get a cut of the people's sales. So I just wanted to go over and research a little bit about Young Living because a couple people I follow on Instagram are Um, they do sell Young Living. So I wanted to see if you're really like getting screwed or if it's actually kind of a a good deal. Um, So Young Living is one of the big essential oil companies. There's another one, but I just focused on Young Living because it's like, they're all pretty much the same, it seems like. Um, They call, if you join as a seller, they call you a brand partner. Now, I want to preface this with, I am not as skeptical about MLMs as most people. My husband absolutely hates them. He's like, he thinks they're terrible. He thinks they're evil. (laughs) And he's seen a lot of people in the Midwest, like have, you know, buy into these MLMs that are structured terribly, have to buy 
thousands of dollars of products and not sell them. And so they've wasted all their money on this product that they never use. I think that they can be fine with a caveat of like, if it's not your whole life and depending on the structure, it can be okay. Like I've known people that have been technically part of an MLM because they buy the product anyway, the fam like the rest of the family buys a product anyway. And so if you are already buying it, you might as well make some money off of it. And it's not like you don't have to have a huge minimum order to do it. Your minimum order is like basically what you already order once a month. So in that case, I think it can be fine. It's a way to save money, maybe make some money. I don't think it's that bad. Where I think it gets really, really sketchy is if you if again, if it is your whole life, if you have to buy thousands of products of thousands of dollars of starter products to get you in. And then like, I've had people reach out to me. This is like a classic joke, but I've had people reach out to me from like high school, multiple, multiple times, literally never reaching out before they joined an MLM. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, how are you? Just wanted to like check in. You know, I sell for this company now, so I just wanted to make sure like you knew and if you wanted anything, which is annoying because I'm like, can you just reach out to me? Not because you're trying to sell me something that's a little bit annoying. So I think it can be very sketchy and ruin some relationships if you are only trying to connect back with people because you are selling stuff. And I don't like that. Um... But okay, so then I looked about, I looked up more about Young Living as a product base and it does actually have a really, really good reputation. They're known to be very pure oils, like the purest on the market. That's their really go-to thing. They sell oils, lotions, all sorts of products as a non-toxic alternative, which again, that's kind of the part of this that is appealing to me that it's all sort of natural and it's not these chemicals that you're ingesting. I'm trying to go through and like, take an inventory and kind of make some more things in my life non-toxic. I don't know if all those will be replaced by essential oils, but that's just something I am becoming more aware of. And so the way that you join is you can become what's called an independent distributor um, if you purchase at least $50 a year, or you can join as an independent distributor. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's an independent independent distributor as a customer that's at least $50 a year or you can join as an independent distributor as business if you enroll in what's called the essential rewards program for $100 a month now that's getting a little steep if you're not selling $100 a month worth of stuff this is not gonna be worth it to you and this is how people get roped in but if you know a lot of people who are already buying these oils and they can switch to buying it from you this could be worth it or if you just buy $100 anyway for either option, you're going to need a starter kit, which is $45 to $260, depending on the diffuser you choose. You can have very fast bonuses happen, like their structure is very, very good in the beginning, so it's not like you're just losing all this money right away, but it the pay structure is a little bit complicated, and so you have to go over, you know, you have to be like a fourth generation, so... So you can be a seller, then you can have people under you that join as a seller, and then you get a cut of their sales. That's like one generation. If they recruit someone to start selling, that's two generations. You get a cut of sales all the way up to the fourth generation. So you can make a lot of money, but it does take a lot of time. Again, some relationships can be on, you know, rocky terms if you do this. 
But overall, I don't think this is like the worst MLM sort of company because a lot of people who get into this are super, super passionate about essential oils anyway. They're already ordering a lot. So you might as well just like order them as an independent contributor. So yeah, the company itself seems okay. MLMs are a bit sketchy, but again, I'm not as skeptical as some people. So I would just say be careful, you know, be careful with it. But yeah, it's not the worst thing ever. And I do know quite a few people that are that are making money off of it. So, um, okay, well, that is all I have for essential oils. Again, I think they're just kind of neutral. I didn't come out of this like with any profound revelations about things I need to be doing other than cleaning differently. So I might get some lemon for cleaning, but that is about it. Um, if you, I know this is a kind of a controversial one, even though it's a pretty small topic, but if you have any um, observations or any anecdotes about how great essential oils are in your life, feel free to drop me a comment on Instagram. I would love to hear. I love all of the uh, evidence I can gather. So um, I would appreciate any feedback you have. But that is all for this week. I will be back on Thursday for our Bible podcast going through the book of Matthew, and it is going to be a great one. So make sure to tune in then. All right. Bye, everyone.